0: Hello and welcome into the Lockdown Wolves Podcast. We are live on the postcast following the Timberwolves loss to the Denver Nuggets on Tuesday. Marnie Gellner of Bally Sports North joins the show to break down the game. The Lockdown Wolves postcast starts right now.
1: You are Locked On Wolves Postcast, part of Locked On Sports Minnesota. Your team every day.
0: Hello and welcome to the Lockdown Wolves podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. My name is Ben Beacon. I'm the host of Lockdown Wolves. I'm joined by Marnie Gellner from Valley Sports North. We're going to break down the Timberwolves lost the Nuggets on Tuesday and Marnie, this one was out of control pretty early. Obviously, the Wolves beat Denver on Sunday when they were shorthanded. They didn't bring four of their five starters to Minneapolis Sunday. They were basically full strength, still known as Jamal Murray, but basically full strength Tuesday. And it seemed like they were taking out some frustration on the Wolves. Wolves got down by 30 at the end of the first quarter. And uh, that was, I mean, I guess that's kind of the story of the game, right?
1: It was over. Yeah. I mean, th- this game, for all intents and purposes, was over after the first quarter. The run in the first quarter was 32-2 in favor of the Nuggets. I kept... I was keeping track of it and I had to keep changing it and changing it and changing it. I just, it was incredible when the run started, Ben, the wolves were up 13, 12. So pretty early on 13, 12 wolves. When the run ended, it was 44, 15. Wow. And that was it. The 32 to two run.
0: Yeah. I mean, I mean the, the wolves gave up 49 in the first quarter. They were down 49 to 19 at the end of the first, uh, because of that run that you mentioned, Of Denver's 49 points in the first quarter, 28 of them were in the paint. So the Wolves scored 19 total points in the first quarter. Denver scored 28 in the paint. And uh, the Wolves, I mean, like, I I mean, I, I, you said the Wolves are up, I think, 13, 12, you said. And so it was competitive-ish for the first half of the first quarter. But, like, within the first two minutes of the game, the Wolves had already turned it over three times. And that was kind of when I had a feeling that, like, things were going to go a bit sideways in this game because they came out and clearly they had a, a play orchestrated. They were going to try and run a set to get a, a backdoor uh, lob to Rudy from Ant and the ball kind of hit the top of the square and, you know, and bounced away and it was a bad pass. And there was another missed lob. I forget. who I think it was D'Lo maybe. Um, and there were a couple really bad turnovers. The Wolves had three turnovers in the first two minutes, four in the first four minutes. And then eventually it caught up to them. And then by the time Denver started making shots, the Wolves then couldn't make open shots either And there were some moments where the defense was okay early in the first quarter uh, and Denver made some tough shots. It was kind of the combination of really sloppy offense for the wolves um, spotty defense at best for the wolves and hot shooting for Denver. And late in the first quarter, they were still shooting over 80% and they had 49 points by the end of the first. And uh, yeah, I mean like, I I don't know what else to say about that first quarter that it was, that was basically what happened.
1: It was incredible. It was too easy is I guess just by the eye test like that, the percentage that Denver shot and the assists, Denver had 16 assists in the first quarter on 19 main field goals. The Wolves made seven baskets. Denver made 19 in the first quarter, first quarter. And okay. So points in the paint, you had mentioned that too. And so that ties in with, with uh, kind of the theme of just, it's too easy. Denver had 12 of their first 14 points of the game were in the in the paint, the Wolves did not have any paint points in their first 13. It was just wow. the complete opposite ends of what was going on, and how easy it was or wasn't. I mean, that just—I mean, I don't know what like what statistics do we even look at? It was hard. To, right. It was hard to sit in a studio and do a post-game show tonight because it was depressing. It was uh, pissed me off. Yeah, it was eight minutes to go in the third quarter and our starters were done. And Chris Finch was done yeah. and he was trying to save whatever he could for tomorrow night. It's
0: D'Angelo just, Russell was done. That was
1: too. It. D'Angelo Russell was done. Yeah. He was going to watch the, the, in the uh, locker room. Yeah. He was probably going to watch something else.
0: Yeah. Probably. I wouldn't blame him. Yeah. Um, Yeah, I mean like it it, it was it was over very quickly and we should mention Kyle Anderson didn't play Obviously back spasms limited him the last couple games and interestingly Finch started Gobert and Nas Reed together. I believe the first time they've started together this season Um, and it was an interesting idea and it didn't last very long mostly because Nas Reed got into early foul trouble And then of course the game got out of hand very quickly, but um I thought that was interesting. You know, obviously, no Austin Rivers either because of the suspension, game two of the three-game suspension. So the rotation was a little bit wonky, too, and, like, who knows? I mean, it's not an excuse, obviously. You can't get down 30, no matter who's playing um, that early in a game like this. But uh, And then Jordan McLaughlin didn't play at all in the second half. Like you said, the starters didn't play beyond like the seven, eight minute mark of the third quarter because things were so out of hand. So it was just a very weird game. Like nobody played more than 22 minutes on the entire, actually Matt Ryan led the team in minutes with 22 minutes, had a bunch of guys that played like 16 to 19 minutes. Um, I do want to talk about the rookies and garbage time here in a minute. Um, But yeah, I mean, like we should talk about Anthony Edwards. I thought he played fairly well um, given the circumstances. Uh, Defensively, nobody really played well, but offensively he had 19 points on 11 shots was getting into the paint. He only shot three threes and he shot eight twos in this game, got to the line five times again in just 21 minutes. So I thought Ant was maybe the one, certainly the one starter who looked like he came to play. Um, And that was good to see in a game where basically no one else did come to play.
1: Yeah, And when he, when he left the court in the second quarter, so he walked off the court before halftime and we showed him kind of going into a tunnel, and he, like, took this kind of a stanchion thing or, or like, a portable tunnel and just shook it and shoved it. And so they were we were really unclear, like, is he, it wasn't limping, but is was his anger just because of the way the game went, or was he also mad because he knew he tweaked something? Or I mean, it was really hard to tell. But clearly it was just the frustration of the game, but he was hot. Yeah. And should have been. I mean, it was a totally one-sided game. I get that. But yeah, I mean, I agree. If you have to pick a positive and some something to kind of shine, shine a light on, as per usual, it could usually be on Anthony Edwards. So if you're going to pick one Minnesota positive, that would be it. But that man was like, not happy tonight.
0: Let's talk about our title sponsors from the show. That's our friends at FanDuel. This year, the only app you need at your Super Bowl party is FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. We're really excited about our new sports betting partner at On because they're the number one sports book in America. And if you're new to FanDuel, that's even better. They have so many great features that make betting on sports fun and easy. Download FanDuel now so you can bet Super Bowl 57 with a no sweat first bet. You'll get up to $3,000 back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. FanDuel lets you bet on everything from the money line to point spreads to who will score a touchdown. The FanDuel Sportsbook app is safe, secure, and super easy to use. Best of all, you can get paid your winnings instantly. So join FanDuel today at FanDuel.com slash locked on to claim your no sweat first bet on Super Bowl 57. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on. Make every moment more with FanDuel, official Sportsbook partner of the NFL. Um, Something else I want to touch on briefly, Rudy Gobert, I believe it was just Sunday's game. I was in my head trying to figure out if it was Sunday or if it was last Friday, but recently, and I'm pretty sure it was against Denver. um, We talked about Rudy getting some pretty easy baskets, the Wolves connecting on some lobs, doing a good job of getting him the ball. And it was kind of like, you know, I think all but one or two of his baskets were on kind of lob passes where I think it was Denver trying to front him in the post. And it was the opposite in this game. It was almost like Denver early when it mattered, frankly. Um, Like they were daring the Wolves to try and force the ball into Rudy. And they were kind of shading. They were guarding. We've seen teams do this shading Ant where you're guarding him with like one and a half guys. Somebody's kind of half guarding Ant, ready to double, ready to trap. And leaving Rudy kind of roaming around in the dunker spot near the basket. And the Wolves are either unwilling or unable to get the ball to him, whether that's... uh, like a lob pass or I at one point I forget who it was somebody tried to throw um, I can't remember I think it might have been McDaniels tried to throw an entry pass and it was it could have been deflected by three different Nuggets players because they just tried to throw a straight like a a chest pass instead of a bounce pass or a lob like the Wolves are still struggling so much to get Rudy the ball he only attempted two shots in 19 minutes had zero points in this game and um, obviously that's partly on Rudy Gobert but it's also an inability of the Wolves to get him the ball and it was the complete opposite of of something that we thought they were improving on just a couple of nights ago.
1: The one that stands out to me is, and I think it was Anthony Edwards top of the key and it was an over the head pass and it was an attempt at a lob, but he threw it like 150 miles an hour. It seemed like, I mean, it was just an absolute laser and it was early on. It was the first quarter The Wolves just trying to establish Rudy and get some paint points get some inside presence but there were multiple passes like that and I feel like this is one of those games where when you don't have Kyle Anderson that is a big part of what you miss because Kyle has really figured out how and when to get Rudy the basketball and when it's it's almost as if he when he's not on the court and or the Wolves don't kind of establish that rhythm early in the game it's really hard to find it Later, and when neither of those things happen, you don't get the rhythm early, and Kyle Anderson's not playing. It's just, it, it. Sometimes it's not going to happen, and tonight was one of those nights. It did not happen. But I think you're right. It was. It seemed to have been part of Denver's game plan or point of emphasis, however you want to label it. They're not getting the ball, or he's not getting the ball easy, or whatever the uh, scout was against him was pretty effective. I thought by. The way that Denver played defensively against Rudy Gobert.
0: Yeah, and it makes the Wolves. I mean, I think the Wolves really struggle with entry passes and have for years in general to the post and, and throwing the ball to Rudy's even more unique because it's not a traditional low post situation. He's not typically just like posting up on the low block. You're trying to get him the ball in the dunker spot or in a place where he can just grab it's it and dunk it. Turn and down. that's yep. Yeah, and that's a unique. Like it's a somewhat limited in what you can do there, and. It almost it gets into the wolves' heads on the perimeter, it feels like, where um, they become indecisive. And then that's when the turnovers get bad because it's like, you know, hey, like, do we try and force it into Rudy or do you know what I'm not sure I'll just take this contested three pointer or this contested long two or I'll dribble into a tough shot. Like, there's like this level of indecisiveness that I think comes from in part, like, how do we get Rudy Gobert the ball? Because I'm sure the Wolves, and clearly there's some games where you can tell it's a point of emphasis for the Wolves, like, let's get Rudy the ball early. And this felt like one of those games. And Denver, uh, perhaps not coincidentally, said, like, hey, let's keep them from doing this. And that's maybe an example of something where there was an adjustment made, um, you know, in, in one of these mini two game sets where a couple nights ago the Wolves got some of these easy buckets. Now, obviously, the Nuggets had more of their personnel available in this game, but still, I thought that was interesting. Um, kind of the last thing to talk about in this one, the, I mean there was like honestly, probably close to three quarters of garbage time in this game, but the last quarter and a half was all deep bench players for the most part for Minnesota, and um, I thought the rookies, Wendell Moore Jr., Josh Minett, both played pretty well Minot had the better box score line and also had, you know, flashed a little bit more than Moore. We've seen Wendell Moore play some limited rotation minutes earlier in the fall when there were some injuries and guys missing time. Um, And Moore, I think, has a very high floor. I think he does a lot of things well. Minot is so athletic, so long, so bouncy. He made his only three-point attempt, had a couple very nice defensive plays. He was a ton of fun to watch. And um, for anyone that's watched him with the Iowa Wolves this year, kind of the same thing there. Um, I thought he looked really good. And it was fun to see some of those guys get some run. I mean, Luca Garza played better in garbage time than he did early in the game when the game was theoretic- theoretically still in reach, but it was good to see Mina and Moore get some run towards the end of this one.
1: I think a lot of wolves fans have been curious about what those two look like and more specifically Josh Minot, because he's had some really big G league numbers this season. And as you mentioned, we had seen Wendell Moore jr. Get a spot start and some, spot playing time but not really from Josh Minot and because he's he's just so long and lengthy and lanky that I feel like we're all kind of curious what does that look like on an NBA court what does that look like against NBA players how does that play and so to see him get some extended minutes granted against another team's second maybe third unit um, I get it but but just to kind of see it play out and, and get the feel for what this could look like potentially down the road. I don't think we can make any grand conclusions at all, but for Wolves fans who are just curious about what the draft picks look like and what the rookies on this roster look like, sure, got a good look. Even if you don't want it in this circumstance, you got it yeah. tonight. But that that was one thing I was curious about because I see Josh Minot in warm-ups and I see him on the bench and I'm just yeah, that guy is just arms and legs forever. Yeah. So it was fun to kind of see it in action for
0: a little bit. The Timberwolves go to Salt Lake city, to take on the Utah jazz on Wednesday night. So quick turnaround, you know, I guess silver lining, none of the starters played more than 21 minutes in this game. Not, you know, I think they would have rather won, obviously, but Hey, you got a little bit of extra rest on the front end of a back-to-back at altitude as well. So, at Utah Wednesday night and then the Wolves go to Memphis on Friday before getting the weekend off to face Dallas on Monday. We go live on the Lockdown Sports Minnesota YouTube channel about 45 minutes or so after each game. So you can catch the show 45 minutes after the end of Wolves Jazz on Wednesday. Again, the Lockdown Sports Minnesota YouTube channel. If you can't catch it live, you can always listen to the recording of this live show on the Lockdown Wolves audio channel. So any whatever your favorite audio platform is for podcasts, you can find this show. So be sure to listen there, and we'll see you on Wednesday night. A big thank you for listening, a big thank you for watching, and we'll catch you next time.